Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. What, what, what just know, happened man. there? I, I, I've been awake for four days straight, Eric. Four days? My mind, my mind is not well. Well, let me ask you a question. How are you doing, you pretty little bitch? God. <laughs> today, today we are reviewing Mark Razzo's uh, Awake, starring Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Lee, Barry Pepper, Finn Jones, uh, Shamir Anderson. Uh, Barry Ariana, Pepper. Uh, yeah, I said Barry oh, Pepper. Okay, see, uh, Ariana, I've, I've been awake for <laughs> yeah. Ariana Greenblatt. Georgie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Georgie's not in this movie, no, though. No, but Georgie's behind my t- my computer. And like, what are you doing? You're almost falling now. I like how you're talking about Georgie. And then in the background of your shot, the hello there sign is, is glowing in neon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgie is my, my sister's cat. I live with my sister and Georgie, the cat loves the window right in front of my desk because i have a a window with blackout curtains right in front of me so i close the curtains because the sunlight would be right in my face but georgie just likes crawling up behind my computer and going up there and then she claws at the curtains and it's just you know it's a thing but she's she's wonderful uh yeah Um, let me ask you this did you mention barry pepper (laughs) i did mention barry pepper what about gil Um, bellows I didn't mention Gil Bellows, so thank you. Uh, thank you for bringing up Gil Bellows. Uh, a Canadian production, actually, produced yeah. by Entertainment One. Uh, Mark Razzo uh, is a Canadian filmmaker from Toronto. Uh, he directed Kodachrome and Copenhagen. Um, played the festival. Played TIFF. Sorry when I say the festival. Um, and also TIFF. shot at Pinewood in, in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, now playing um, worldwide on the Netflix and Eric, this is a movie. <laughs> oh, it sure is, Matt. This could be the internet's new favorite meme uh, down the line. I, I think you could take plenty of these scenes out of context, or even in context, weirdly enough, and have a good laugh at this movie. Um, it's basically riffing on everything from Night of the Living Dead to A Quiet Place more recently, and even a little Bird bit of Box Bird and... Box and even Steven Spielberg's version of War of the Worlds. Um, so basically what you have is a world that cannot sleep after space weather affects, uh, the electromagnetism. Yeah. They, they basically say it's like solar flares, which is essentially what night of the living dead does sort of in sort of the exposition of, of bringing the dead back to life with, you know, a, a satellite that crash lands and sort of reanimates corpses. In this case, this sort of strange space anomaly basically, sort of rewires uh, the human clock and the the human body after a power surge or a power outage. And everyone on earth for the most part is unable to sleep with the exception of a young girl named Matilda, whose mother uh, is a recovering drug addict, former uh, military personnel and working campus security uh, night shifts and selling drugs on the side. And she's played by Gina Rodriguez, uh, Jill Adams. And the idea of this movie is that it's basically sort of a dystopian road trip thriller uh, with Rodriguez and her daughter, Matilda, and her um, teenage son, uh, Noah, um, all sort of banding together and having to survive uh, the elements, but also 
humans sort of becoming, I, I said in my, my Rogers review, uh, the waking dead, you know, people turning on each other at an accelerated rate. How dare you reuse material? I know. I know, but it's true though. That's, that's you essentially silly, what, silly bitch or what was the, what was <laughs> your pretty little bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's essentially what sort of humans become in this. They don't, they're not zombies in the sense of their reanimated, but they start going insane from, flesh, from but, sleep deprivation. Yeah. Right? And it's almost comical, Again, it's mentioned in exposition how fast the acceleration rate of it is, but it's almost so comical when you're watching it that you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, like I understand, you know, everybody's stressed out and, you know, there's been a couple of days that have gone by since, you know, the initial But sort of like events. literally chaos ensues but, what but feels like a half an as, hour later. As soon later. as they learn that Matilda can sleep, it's like, oh, we need to sacrifice her to our God and appease <laughs> yeah. her. And it's, yeah. and it's so bizarre because watching this whole movie all i could think of was and i don't really know much about this production but it almost felt like this started as a series like the idea was this was going to be sort of a long form series whether it be you know 10 episodes or an ongoing thing that's episodic and to me it almost felt like they uh mark Ros uh rosso and and his brother joseph sort of retooled it to make it a um film minute thriller. yeah and yeah. It, it, it almost to me it feels like there are moments within each scene that feels like okay this would have been like an episode or two you know to kind of flesh out characters and and story arcs like the the the, the scene with barry pepper who i think is the best cast because he always visibly looks tired you know <laughs> sure it, yeah, yeah yeah um I love this. Barry Pepper. I do too. And I do Jason too. Lee, but but, but like, Barry Pepper yeah. is good. Like in terms of like he always looks exhausted. He always. I would looks say like Jennifer he, Jason Lee's almost in that category too. A little bit, and and I and and I guarantee the reason why Jennifer Jason Lee is in this movie is because she was doing Possessor probably around the same time. So it's like you know you kill two birds with one stone kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's like I'll do this production. We don't have to have pay time. for your travel. <laughs> right. Right. So. Um, but you watch these scenes and you're thinking to yourself, okay, this kind of covers the kind of generic stereotype of a dystopian thriller and, and characters and situations that, you know, your leads will run into over the course of the film or the series. And it kind of skims through each kind of like moment in kind of like a paint by numbers kind of way uh, mm -hmm. to the point where it also skips over some stuff that may be important to include. Like there's this, prison outbreak that happens where you yeah. never see the prisoners escaping their prison or you that see... whole cult like crew that's like stringing people up on the road i'm like how many what the fuck i'm or like the nudists or... right like, yeah like staring into the sun like there's not a lot of setup for each of these individual sort of sort of vignettes almost it's, it's it almost more... seems like what could have been a cool image if people started going you know started losing their minds yeah it works it just... for a trailer but it doesn't work for a film yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, but it also does feel like, again, like like there's a lot of stuff there that it's like if this was a TV series, they would spend a couple of episodes at least on each sort of segment, if you will. But I'm watching The Leftovers right now. Yeah. And there's a perfect example of a show that takes its time, at least season one. And I've heard the show gets better and better each season. It does. You've, you've told me season that. Season three and is the best. I thought season one was great. And it's it's very grim, very bleak. Um, uh, it's... Uh, I, I'm disturbing at the at times, but like they take their times to set up each faction or group with the cults and the, the religious aspect and um, and just every different kind of character in that series. There's a lot going on. 
Um, but they take their time to kind of set them up. And even then the one flashback episode, it kind of like what you said, this movie needed something to kind of like, I don't know. I get that this is supposed to be fast moving. You know, they, they explain very quickly, like within one day, your brain starts acting this way, two days, it's this way, three days, four days, five days, you're dead or whatever. So like, I don't know. It's just, and the movie's only 96 minutes. So you, you skip ahead in time so quickly that these things feel so jarring and then end up being comical. Like they end up like going like, what the, like, I get it. You're sleep deprived, but like, really <laughs> like, it's almost like a south park parody yeah. in a weird way of it's one the, of these movies. the homeless zombies in the it, remember like have you seen that south park episode or yeah or, or even the-, the day after tomorrow where like yeah. stan's dad like goes out into you know the oh the, sorry maybe it's not homeless people it's like the shoppers or something or oh like, is it the walmart episode where like yeah, people whatever, have to like yeah. stand around and buy things and they're yeah. so sort of like glued to yeah. that but it, yeah, yeah. but that's kind of what it is where it's so extreme and like even the idea of rodriguez's character <laughs> kind of having to teach uh ariana greenblatt's uh matilda's sort of you know the ropes and sort of like what life's going to be like after you know the apocalypse is over um it, it just kind of feels like a parody like an snl skit of one of these kind on of a post-apocalyptic movie. film yeah. yeah and again like like you mentioned it's so rushed that like the, the the ideas are presented but it's like okay well we can only spend about a couple of minutes with each idea before moving on to the next yeah. thing that there's never enough time to really dwell on anything or feel like there's an imposing threat like even with the the convicts escaping the prison where we're introduced to uh shamir anderson's character who plays dodge in the film and like there's stuff with his character that i was questioning in the third act and sort of how they kind of bring him back or as to why they bring him back because they kind of send him off on his way and he has that you know that stupid pun you know getting the fuck out of dodge which i think is the only reason why they named him (laughs) dodge uh in the film but then he comes back with the kids and you're kind of thinking like okay well that's a whole section of this story that you know if this was a a series that they would have spent some time with like maybe the kids either ran back found him again or he had it like sort of a moment of conscious takeover even if you even if this the science behind this is you know technically accurate when they're describing it i don't think this is how people would actually act i think you just go insane in your own house and probably die um no i would go out and sacrifice children you get nude and stand into and stare into the sun or whatever like like that's what i mean like that's the suspension of disbelief there and i get it you got to make an entertaining movie but like it ends up just being very funny and you messaged me after and we're like this is the best comedy of the year and i i laughed at moment yes oh absolutely but like i didn't find myself laughing that much because i was just so in like just kind of bored like ironically i wanted to fall asleep during this right like that's i'm sure something people have been using in their reviews it's not a very an original kind of statement but the movie is just so that it'll put you to sleep instead of keeping you awake yeah exactly and like it's a movie we've seen a hundred times done better a hundred times uh more than a hundred times really like it does feel like again even the poster seems like it is a in a fake movie and this is the parody like it's in a a comedy movie that's parodying bird box and like has a fake poster and it stars Gina Rodriguez. And it's just a satire on, on bird box. And like I said, for every hundred Mitchell's and versus the machines, which is, I know produced by Sony and just sold to Netflix or like a Bo Burnham's inside or, or a great Netflix movie. We get a hundred movies like this that feel like they're 
you know, built by the algorithm of like, okay, oh, what have people? This, this is this. If this script wasn't written by humans, you would swear that it was yeah. written by an AI. That's what I mean. Like, it almost is like, what are people watching on Netflix? What are they? Uh, like, it doesn't matter quality. Just like, what will people click on and watch and whatever? And like, I saw that it was like, you know, number two in Canada or whatever the other day. And um, it's just, it's, it, I don't know. It's the quant quantity over quality thing where that frustrates me about netflix that they just pump out and pump out stuff and they'll throw a couple million dollars on a project here and a couple million project there and make it glossy looking and and you know the and certain movies that are great will get buried but then this is like number one on the service for like a week or two and it's just like it just feels super super lazy and it just it, it there's nothing really that original in here it just feels like a high concept someone had what happens if people couldn't sleep what would happen yeah and they and already then, did like, that with bird box but also even with that stanley tucci movie um with the the ravenous uh bats where right. like it just kind of feels like again you know it's <laughs> to your point, it's an algorithm of like, okay, let's let's take what's kind of popular in this specific subgenre of dystopian thrillers, and and again, it's not even just kind of sort of taking advantage of the success of a quiet place. Like it is also borrowing very much. Oh, from, yeah. quiet from, place borrowed from lots of stuff. Yeah, too. like this is Night of the Living Dead, and then like the third act, which I actually think is the best thing about this movie because it is because it goes so over yeah, the top and comical, yeah. but it also does remind me of of day of the dead in the final act of that movie where you have kind of like the military scientists like you know going out of their mind as well as much as the religious zealots and 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 so it's like kind of like it's also trying to make this weird comment on like who's worse like you know religious sort of fascist types or or sort of scientists and, and again and the, the leftovers doing that so much yeah, better yeah but again <laughs> it all, the leftovers had time like if yes. you if you imagine like a 90 minute version of the leftovers incorporating yeah. you know encompassing all, all three like, seasons yeah. of a show and like even the way again like they introduce gil bellows in this movie who a lot of people will probably either know from ali mcbeal or from the shawshank redemption where you know tim robbins sort of took him under his wing um and and kind of tutored him for a while um really a, a really likable uh canadian character actor um but his doctor character the way that he's kind of introduced in the third act it's almost presented like okay well now he is going to be a main character and if this were a series you would spend a little bit more time getting that introduction and finding out who he is as a person and sort of the decisions that he makes and sort of the callbacks of, of certain things um, that are referenced in the first act. And then some things that aren't like there's this whole thing with a lighter um, that's referenced and you think, okay, well they're going to, they're going to use that in some way in the third act. Like it's the Chekhov's gun kind of, you know, situation where it's like, you know, if they present a loaded gun in the first act, it's going to go off in the, in the third. And with this uh, lighter that uh, Noah has from his ex-girlfriend, Emily, um, you're thinking, okay, well, like, he talks about it like in, in, in one sort of, you know, movement to, to, to light it up because Matilda's having troubles sort of starting it. And they never go anywhere with that. But then they also reference sort of a needle and sort of how you're supposed to sort of uh, tap it to get the air out. And then that comes back up later on. But it's not from the character who kind of introduces that or is yeah. a part of that. And it's just kind of like it's it's such a strange kind of jumbling. And again, like I feel almost like this was something maybe originally meant for television um, or in a long format. 
and it almost feels like they just kind of cut it down or they gutted a lot of it and it just kind of presents you with kind of this the surface level equivalent of what one of these movies would have in it and then ultimately it becomes more and more satirical but not intentionally because it just feels like you're watching you know a really bad again snl skit or or parody of one of these movies but it's sincere because everybody is being serious and that's kind of what makes it at least somewhat entertaining throughout like there's this other thing with you know a military character losing and again you know the military characters are always going to lose their minds in one of these (laughs) movies it's just you know yeah it's going to happen but there's a joke with like, you know, one character hallucinating and, 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 and remembering a person named Sandra that I thought was hilarious. And I feel like a number of these scenes in this movie could be taken out of, you know, the film and posted on YouTube as a, a, a YouTube, uh, YouTube <laughs> as a, uh, a, a gif or a meme. And it would work like people would understand like how ridiculous, you know, those those moments are. Yeah, the "you pretty little bitch" line. Is oh, it's so amazing! It's good. It is it's really so good. stupid. But so is the Sandra um, line, and so is the third <laughs> act, where it's like how ridiculous this all ends gets up out of hand. Become, yeah, like it just it even. I get it. People haven't slept in four and a right. half days. Like even when they're like, in the in the library, and 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 Rodriguez's character is teaching Ariana uh, Greenblatt how to shoot a gun, and like we gotta go, you, you gotta learn how to how to you know look for for books now that you don't have technology anymore. And there was like a oh, line yeah. that I wrote down: uh, "We're gonna need a book on mapping." <laughs> like it's just like yeah, and like the, the awkward conversation between the young girl and her brother about him not having sex was weird, yeah. and felt out of place. And I'm like. There's like moments that they try to add comedy in that just don't work. And then you have the unintentional comedy throughout because everyone is uh, losing their minds. (laughs) Or how characters exit the film. Like there are two characters that are kind of introduced early on that are supposed to be, you know, not main characters, but they're, they're played by name actors. And then you hear a a, a certain sound and you kind of know that they're okay. Well, they're, they're done, (laughs) Um, but it's just so unceremonious with it's, it's sort of, you know, depiction of some of these characters. And you're just kind of like, again, it's very comical. And it's like, oh, is this person going to be joining us? And you hear that sound and you're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not good. Not really worth your time. Uh, Unless again, you're looking for a good laugh. Sure. Or Whoa, dogs, dogs barking. Yeah, you know, leftovers. There you go. Yeah. Um. Anyways, go watch the leftovers. I, I'm like six years uh, behind. <laughs> so, um, you know, n- never too late, you know, for good, good stuff. But it is too late for this movie. Uh, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Uh, really didn't. I didn't find much of that kind of laughing at it in it as, as you did, Eric. Maybe it was just my headspace of being like, I don't have the patience for this right now. Like, I just... Which I totally get. I think you need to kind of be with it. Or if you're not, you're just going to kind of zone out. I laughed more at In the Heights than I did at Awake. In the Heights, a much better movie. I will admit that. Um, But Awake, one and a half for me. I'm going to give it a two out of five. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We have uh, a lot of other reviews that we would love for you guys to check out right now on uh, Untitled Movie Reviews. Tribeca is starting, um, you know, today technically for us as well um why why are you laughing oh no i was just laughing because i was thinking like oh today right 
Yeah, I mean, we have our first movies available to us, even though it kind of started a few days ago, but it's a mix of in-person and the press is digital. So anyways, I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, for our normal reviews right now, like I mentioned, the aforementioned In the Heights, you guys can check out uh, Eric and I's review. Uh, Please don't hate us or hate me. Um, uh, Loki episodes uh, one and two. uh, We have our reactions out for that. Um, Had a lot of fun watching Loki. Uh, Natalie uh, Morales' Plan B, which is a lovely lovely comedy much better than awake uh if you want something on a streaming service that's worth your time if you live in the united states it's on hulu um the conjuring the devil made me do it uh spiral from the book of saw cruella uh army of the dead um uh those who wish me dead woman in the window lots of stuff up on the reviews channel right now like i mentioned tribeca is starting today so for the next week or so probably friday to friday uh, we'll have many, many reviews up on the channel, probably, you know, two to probably two to three every day, every other day. We're still trying to nail down exactly how that will come out, but you'll be getting a regular steady flow of Tribeca reviews over the next week or so. Um, so stay tuned to that. Lots of good stuff uh, playing the festival. I'm excited for the Anthony Bourdain doc. Uh, speaking of the leftovers, Justin Thoreau is in false positive. Um uh, no sudden move. We're hoping to catch um, the Steven Soderbergh movie. So there's lots of good stuff at the festival. So um, uh, keep an eye on all of that. Um, if you just want to go to one spot for all of our stuff, our Letterbox HQ is that place. So it's Untitled Podcast on Letterboxd. Uh, already had someone yell at me about my In the Heights uh, uh, opinion. Yes, really, you did. Um, but it, our In the Heights review is our most liked Letterboxd review so far. Uh, there was a comment on Letterboxd for it. Yes. And oh. then like, um, and uh, it's our most liked, like out right. of everything that we've posted. So it's, it's interesting. And I find this in, and you're not doing it just to generate sort of, discussion. I'm not, like, there are people who do that. Contrarian. Like, I'm not, you gave it a shot. And you even, even in the review, if you listen to the review, you even I'm do not talk about totally liking negative. the second act more and more. finding things that are, are I, worth, watching it's it, you're not you're just you're not just you're not just saying it's garbage because everybody else loves it like, and and a lot of people will do that to get people to pay attention to their stuff yes. or like and that's why i think it's one of our more popular reviews is because me and you you being soft on it me being negative mr on softy it, um yeah um me being mixed negative on it um uh, I think people were like, oh my God, I got to listen to this, <laughs> right? Like, because right. we're like, we're one of the few. I bumped it up to a two and a half since we reviewed it oh, because, oh. Um, because I, not because of how I, I still, pressure. no, it's because I watched these two movies <laughs> and I was like, uh, I but watched they're so this. Different. They're so different. You I know. can't compare, you can't I'm not comparing, but I, when I look at my five star, we're getting into the inside baseball of just how I, think about reviewing stuff and how i give up i'm like i can't possibly say that awake or the hitman's wife's bodyguard are even close in quality to but you can still give um, all three of those movies two, two or one stars, and a half yeah. be like you're not like we talked about this with the 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 saw review you know you're not you're not comparing them in the sense that they're in the same genre that or they're equal or they're whatever just movies yeah. like you can I give both you can give all of them i agree two stars. But after after hindsight and our conversation and thinking about it i'm like i don't like in the heights but i don't hate it right either there's a lot of issues with it and you I finally think looked at the fireworks right 
Yeah, yeah, great. Anyways, I don't need to get into all that. Uh, our latest draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast is up right now as well. Uh, we talk about Tribeca, uh, Mayor of Easttown, speaking of HBO, Toronto Maple Leafs, Eric uh, and his love for the Saw franchise. Get out of um, here. <laughs> and much more. So go check that out. It's our 93rd draft over on Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, I think that's all I got to plug. Uh, please follow us on all those social medias at untitled underscore cast. I just contradicted myself. Uh, drop us a review if you would be so kind. <laughs> um, and uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews, including my uh, Wake review, which I referenced in this review, uh, <laughs> The Waking Dead, uh, on rogerstv.com uh, slash cinemascene, and on the social medias at EM6211. Uh, until next time. Thanks for listening, you pretty little bitches. <laughs> Thanks. I knew it.